Welcome to the SIPS Contract Management Podcast. I'm Danielle Goodrick, and today I'm going to be talking with Duncan Brock, Group Customer Relationships Director at SIPS. Duncan is an ex-SIPS chartered professional. Today we're going to be talking about contract management. Contract management is more than just procurement, and there needs to be more focus here, and it's rarely given the attention it deserves, some may say. Great end-to-end procurement with a focus on both the upstream and downstream activities can achieve so much And procurement can be seen as a catalyst for making a real difference in this area. This could include stakeholder management, fully understanding the requirements, through to contract management. Procurement can drive a real positive change. Through developing relationships with both customers and suppliers, procurement can harness real value and why more emphasis we feel should be placed on the contract management. The SIPS guide shown on screen covers all the activities associated with contract management, from the establishment of business case and the confirmation of need, through to contract administration and relationship management, through to the review of the contract performance. These activities are divided into the two interdependent phases I discussed, upstream and downstream of the award. And these are fully covered in the guide and how to create successful contract management. Duncan, thank you so much for taking the time to do this podcast with us today. Contract management is such a huge topic of interest for our members and how to make it successful whilst maximising performance and minimising risk. So, in your opinion, why do you think contract management is so important? It's a really good starting question. The the key here is delivering value. Um, You can do the great sourcing exercise, you can do the best negotiation in the world, but it's down to what the supplier delivers for you. And unless you're managing the supplier well, unless you're managing the contract well, you don't get the value that you've contracted for. So the key is making sure that that happens. I think it's also about making sure that you can drive improvements. Um, It's all very well saying you've got a contract and that's what you're supposed to deliver, but more focus needs to go on to make sure the supplier improves their their cost, their quality, their service, their ways of delivering to you. but last point, why it's really important and where it often um, fails is because suppliers contract to do something and then they don't do it. Um, and managing the contract properly, managing the supplier well, is all about making sure they deliver what they're committed to deliver in the contract itself. Mm-hmm. And that ownership's really key, both internally and externally. Absolutely. Yeah. In terms of delivery. So, where have you seen contract management work well? The main areas where I've seen it work well and where I've worked in the past as well has been in manufacturing or fast-moving consumer goods. I think in those situations, the supply is so critical to the success of the business that resources are focused on the supplier, whether it's managing the deliveries, managing the service levels, managing the quality, supporting the supplier to do the right things. That's really where it works well. Um, I had an example when I was working in financial services, though, where it was working well because we had some dedicated resources and they were totally focused only on managing the supplier and managing the contract. And because they were so dedicated, they got things done and they managed the supplier well and managed it effectively. So it's focused and it's about people really taking ownership for what that supplier is delivering and therefore, again, I come back to my point, trying to maximise the value of what that supplier brings through to you. And embracing it in the culture of the organisation. Absolutely, well. yeah. I mean, the supplier needs to feel that he's important or she's important. Yeah. And giving them some focus and attention gets the best out of it. Yeah, and the key deliverables that they've signed up to, obviously, in Absolutely. the contract as well. Yeah. So, on that end, where have you seen a contract fail? 
or contract management fail, yeah, where it's not been delivered well, where it hasn't taken all of those factors into account. There's, there's many examples, and you see it often in the press as well about sort of the where the contract isn't being managed effectively. It fails because the procurement people have done a sourcing exercise, they throw it over the wall to somebody and hopes that someone manages the contract. And there isn't that link between what you've agreed with the supplier and then what the people who then are given the contract actually manage to that basis. So it's, it's that sort of continuity between what you've agreed up front and then passing it down to somebody else. So I think that's, that's where it fails. It fails often because the uh, the objectives, the SLAs in the contract are very clear. So if, you, if I'm going to manage the contract, I need to know what I'm managing it to. Mm -hmm. But if they're not well defined, then it yeah. fails on that basis. And often I th what we see particularly is the lack of skills. I mean, it's coming through from most organisations, both public and private sector, that they've got people who are called contract managers who've been given the job, but at no point have they ever been given skills to learn what to do, how to do it, what their role is, and how to how to make manage a supplier. Because it's not just managing the supplier, it's managing the internal stakeholders and the supplier. And that's quite a challenging role. Mm -hmm. You need to have a whole breadth of skills about influencing, negotiating, supporting, mm -hmm. managing conflicts, yeah. all things that come into play here. And without those skills, um, it doesn't happen. I also had a, when I, I worked in telecoms, there was um, uh, one of those, one of the contracts was failing badly because it was being managed by the legal people. Okay. And all they were doing was looking for penalties. Yeah. And every time something went wrong, they'd slap another penalty on there, slap another penalty. So you were into a direct, downward spiral of trying to protect them, mm -hmm. trying to protect rather than actually focusing on yeah. improving performance. Yeah. So there's a, there's a number of factors there, but we all know, and you, you said in your introduction here, that uh, it's a really important part, yeah. often neglected, mm -hmm. and we suffer badly from suppliers not delivering the full value because they're, they're not managed well. Yeah, and that could come down, like you say, to cost skills, handover, or understanding the technicalities within the yeah. what's defined, or having yeah. the right people defining them. Okay. I, I think the last thing that I suppose both why it works well and where it fails is trust. Mm -hmm. Trust is a key part of any relationship with any supplier. And if the trust is lacking, then people go down the negative contractual route. Yeah. If there's trust in the relationship and you build that up, then you're more likely to solve problems and move things forward. Yeah. And that trust is, is, is probably a key, a key factor. Okay. Yeah. You've talked through some of the um, key successful factors, trust being one of them. Um, what else is key? In any supplier relationship, you, you've got to make sure that the right people are talking about the right things at the right time. So I remember being, working in a, a company where on my first day, as a, I was in there as a procurement director, and I joined and I was given this facilities management contract to read the night before to go into a contract management meeting. And I turned up in this meeting all prepared. And what I then found was that actually all the meeting was focused on uh, the fact that their invoices weren't being paid properly. Okay. So, so it's all about negative, and we had two senior leadership teams in the one meeting mm -hmm. talking about invoicing. So the lesson I took from that is that you need to have the right people talk about the right thing. So whether you're talking about the financials or talking about performance or mm -hmm. talking about the relationship, yeah. there are three probably different meetings with different people in. Mm -hmm. So you've got to make sure you get the right people yeah. in the room at the right time talking about the right thing. 
and often and that's that's a relationship on both sides that need to be there. Um, you've got to have regular reviews. Um, you know, we talk about it being managing a contract, but doing a once a year how things are going doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got to be that rhythm of monthly performance cycles and review performance. Continual communication, yeah. really. Yeah. 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 Um, and back to continual communication, it's it's changing the contract as the business changes. Yeah, and adapting yeah. to yeah. the future. We've all lived yeah. with contracts which you've had three, four years, and no one's looked at them. Yeah. And the business has moved forward, and what they deliver for you has moved forward, but the contract still stays the same. Yeah. And that, you haven't changed the scope, you haven't mm-hmm. added to it. So keeping the contract live so that it, it acts as the, as the protector of what, what you're doing, but really does cover what you're working with, is, is probably key. Um, I, mean, I suppose the other factor is getting the suppliers involved early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you talked about the upstream and downstream in the, in the mm-hmm. contract management guide, but that bit of supplier involvement so that they understand what you're trying to do, so yeah. that when the contract's in place, it fully reflects what they can do for yeah. you, rather than asking them to do stuff they can't do. Um, probably is, a, is another element in there as well. You talked about keeping the contract live and adapting to change things. As businesses move forward then, um, how do you think more digital um, approaches are going to impact contract management going forward and what could the benefits be? One of the key benefits of digital is going to be um, availability of management information. I mean, we're all starved of, of mm-hmm. good performance metrics, good yep. reporting, you often look at your stuff that's two, three, four months old in the review meeting with the supplier rather than something that's come from that, that week or yep. from that month. So better access to high quality management mm-hmm. information will come from better analytics and better data. Yep. The other change will be around um, probably better processes, better ways of getting rid of the bureaucracy and the processes and the paperwork that often bogs down the supplier mm-hmm. and bogs down the customer. So if we get to a point where we've actually got really good um, flow of information, Mm -hmm. payment processes are slick, um, it should be easier. You can then focus on the added value of building that relationship rather than the day-to-day. I think the things like flagging up, you know, great contract management software which flags up when a review is needed and informs the stakeholder and informs other people that it's coming up in three months' time. It's about time you started to think about it. They're just prompting you to yeah. focus on it yeah. rather than um, being caught out by what happens. Yeah, so, yeah being more proactive. Yeah, yeah. So I think it will change it. A lot about in contract management is about the relationship, though. And so yeah. while technology can help to maybe free up some time, mm-hmm. it should free up time to focus much more on the communication yeah. and, and the focusing on the really important things that are, are probably going wrong or are going right and, and trying to make those improvements. Right. And... In your opinion then, obviously I opened up with saying that um, some might say contract management is more important than the procurement part. What would, in your opinion, what do you think? The challenge is how you define procurement. So I would say that uh, procurement is the end-to-end uh, of, of you know, everything, which is you know, early sourcing all the way through yeah. to managing the contract. The question was, is contract management more important than sourcing? Then that's slightly different because we all put a lot of focus on sourcing and we all put a lot of focus on that perfect you know, sourcing process and getting it all right and selecting the right supplier and because we put more focus on that it's treated as more important mm-hmm. when you actually come back to the what the business sees as the deliverable it is what the supplier is doing now mm-hmm. to deliver 
those services or those goods or whatever it is. So in terms of getting the value, it's down to managing the contract effectively. Um, everything you promised up front in the sourcing, you've somehow got to deliver. So I, I know I see lots of um, examples where stuff left on the table. Yeah, you, you've, you've involved the supplier early, you had lots of good discussions, they've identified lots of things they could do, but then they're just left at the sourcing stage. And whoever managing the contract doesn't know that there's actually more things that the supplier could do. So is it more important? I think it's as important. I think what we need to do is spend more time and effort and focus on it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll get more from the suppliers and we'll yeah. get more of what we promised being delivered. Yeah. Um, and there's a big gap between those two. Okay. Okay. Then, topically, trade wars are intensifying between the US and China and now with the European Union. So what steps should managers take to remove some of the risks to their current and future contracts? Trade wars and you know, geopolitical interference are becoming more and more of a challenge for us all. And more companies are getting caught out because they don't understand their supply chains. You know, I may have a contract with a supplier, but do I understand what's really going on down that supply chain? So the key at the moment, particularly, is that people need to understand how exposed they are to tariffs, to currency fluctuations, to commodity movements, to things that will really impact mm -hmm. the contract and therefore impact the supplier and the price, the issues associated with that. So you've got to understand, do some proper risk analysis, of where your challenges are, and then so you end up then deciding on what you're going to do about it. So if you're happy to live with the risk, because you've actually you know, are, your risk pro your risk appetite is lower, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you really don't want the risks, then you've got to look at alternatives. Yeah. And if you don't want to be exposed, you know, we know lots of companies are looking to do much more on local sourcing. Mm -hmm. Lots of governments are asking. Um, organizations and certainly the public sector to do more local sourcing so that they're almost like de-risking the supply chain by having things that won't be exposed to some of the trade wars. You can't do it for everything. No. Um, but there are things that you can do um, to try and reduce the level of risk from those sort of wars happening. Yeah. And um, everything that's going on around the patch, whether it's in Europe or, or, or internationally, it's clear that there are, it's going to be a continual um, program here. And we as procurement people need to make sure we're fully, we understand it, and then we try and protect the business as best we can. Yeah. And we've talked about risk and mentioned that quite a lot in terms of contract management. And obviously, within the um, news recently, there's obviously been the Grenfell disaster, which ships have been involved in, um, in the development of the procurement framework to improve the safety around it. So what are the main takeaways as the chair of this group? Um, I know you've led the procurement group. And was poor contract management really to blame? Well, let me answer the last question first. We don't yet know um, exactly what was to blame um, because the inquiry is still going on. However, um, having spent more time now looking at construction sector particularly mm -hmm. and talking to uh, all professions involved in yep. the sector, and it's clear that there is a lot of problems with how procurement is done and then how the contracts are managed. Mm -hmm. I'll come back to one of my earlier points about trust. Yeah. You know, there is clearly a lack of trust mm -hmm. between the people who are building a brand new high-rise and their contractors. Mm -hmm. 
and then the prime contractor then subletting to other contractors and there seems to be a lack of trust all the way through. So that lack of trust leads to people um, not doing the right thing yeah. or over-specifying when mm -hmm. they don't need to specify. The other big problem is poor payment. Now it is very, very clear that there is a lot of companies out there starved of cash. Yeah. There's a race to the bottom on price mm -hmm. and then people try and recover that price and their cash yeah. two other ways. Yeah. So managing the contracts badly, not paying suppliers well, mm -hmm. leads to bad behaviours. Yeah. And I've sat through a number of um, conferences and discussions around this and what's coming to the fore is that there needs to be a change. Mm -hmm. And managing of contracts, managing those supplier relationships, being more collaborative rather than having you know, penalty payments mm -hmm. and holding back payments until the, a year later yes. until you release them. I mean, it is pure practice, mm -hmm. poor practice, sorry. <laughs> and I'm shocked at how bad it is compared to other sectors. Yeah. Um, so there's a long way to go. There's a long way to go. Yeah. And you, know, you come back to Grenfell, it was a disaster. Uh, and why? Because safety wasn't taken as a priority. Yeah. So in the contract that you're doing to install cladding on the outside of a building, if you're just focusing on price and you're not focusing on the quality of the installation, mm -hmm. the quality of the materials that are used, then you'll get what you're given, which mm -hmm. is a cheap job. Mm -hmm. um, but safety, fire safety was compromised because the contract was not done properly and then no one was really managing the contractor well mm -hmm. who did the installation. Um, and the problem we've got, I think, across the sector, and it's not just in the UK either. I've, spent, I've talked to colleagues all over the world on this, and in every construction keeps coming up as being there is a, a real problem here with proper uh, approach to managing a contract and a balanced approach to price, cost, value, safety. The safety bit seems to be forgotten, uh, particularly when people are living in high-rise buildings. So. Um, it's there's, there's a culture change needed mm -hmm. and we've been trying very hard to get the uh, experience of other sectors to come into this sector and go well if you're in the nuclear sector you don't compromise on safety no. at all and therefore if you're managing the suppliers and the contracts you make sure it's done really really well so if you do it in that sector why don't you do it when you're not just building a high-rise but refurbishing a high-rise building what is it that's you think is okay to be uh, to to compromise safety for you know money, and that's really what we've got to try and change. But it will take some time. There's a lot of focus on it, yeah. a lot of real willingness to change, but there is a lot of um, behavioural stuff that needs to go on all the way through the supply chain. It's not just at the top. It's not just government. This is endemic through how things are done, and, and a lot needs to happen. And there's a recognition that there needs to change. I think there's, there's an identification that there is a gap in skills and the way it's done. Yeah. So I guess that wanting need to change is good. Yeah, governments are fully behind the change. Yeah. The industry is fully behind the change. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been part of the working group, as you say, and on the steering group, and I've heard the chief execs of various construction bodies say they've never seen the professions mm -hmm. come together so well to try and solve a problem. Um, so, That's so positive, though, yeah, and it was to be at the forefront of that, obviously leading by example. Yes. Yeah. We, we need organisations to start to adopt the best practices. Yeah. We need to talk more about where it is being done well, sort of sh shine the light on those yeah. that still need to move. But I've been very pleased that people recognise that it's
management how things should be done better mm -hmm. and enforce some of the things that are in place anyway. So okay. it's, a, it's a lot to do. Lot but I'm encouraged that people are recognising they need to change now. When I first started working with a working group a year ago, I was facing a lot of quite negative yeah. view of procurement and you know, what do you guys do? Why do we need you? I've seen a real shift over the last 12 months, which is very encouraging. That's very positive. That yeah. mindset shift and to see the value yeah. that it can offer. So that's brilliant. Okay, last question then. According to the IHS uh, market SIP purchasing manage, managers indices in services, construction and manufacturing, it's looking like we're heading for a recession in the UK. How do you think this is going to affect contract management? The challenge when you hit a recession is that people start to uh, look for quick cost savings and they come out with a big stick and they demand that all their suppliers cut their prices by 10% irregardless of what the contract says. And we've all um, suffered from those in some cases. I remember doing it at one stage and then regretting it straight afterwards. You know, we, you, there is a contract in, in place for a purpose and the best way of handling downtime is to really talk to your suppliers and say, look, we've got a contract, we know what it covers, but you know, circumstances have changed. So how can they work with you to help you to drive cost out, to get more value, to bring maybe lead times down when you're in a tough market condition? So it should be a proactive, positive approach. Together. Together. In collaboration. Yes. Yeah. The danger is that people ignore the contract and just try to impose extended payment terms, impose cost reductions. They'll get a short-term benefit. They'll have a long-term suffer mm -hmm. because as a supplier, You'll go, do I really want to work with that company anymore? Mm -hmm. And if I've got a choice of working with them or someone else, I'll work with someone else. It's not sustainable, so, is it? No. 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 So uh, it, this is where procurement should come to the fore because they should be able to say to the, you know, yes, we know we need to you know, help the businesses to be successful, but how do we do it? I think the other thing that we, in contract management is important is looking for the early warning signs when your suppliers are in distress. And the, risk. and the risk associated with that, and whether or not you need to help them, whether or not there are things you can do to help them, or look for the early warning sign and then look for alternatives very quickly. Because that's often where we get caught out, is the supplier really is struggling, short of cash, you know, on, on the edge of going into receivership or bankruptcy, and thus not reacting quick enough. Mm -hmm. So keeping close, watching for the signs, having an open dialogue with the supplier about what is going on, to then be able to make changes where you need to, to the way that you work with that supplier. And that relationship's key there, isn't it? It that is, yes. ongoing, like you've talked about, yeah. the ongoing reviews, getting close to them and understanding their business. Yeah, well. yeah. yeah. And, and getting them to be open and share with you, because sometimes they're afraid of sharing with you, but actually mm -hmm. they're better that they do explain what's going on, so you can work together to try and solve the problem. Exactly, and working together, and obviously if they are an important supplier to your business, you need to make sure that they're going to get through this period as well so yeah I mean if you look at you know, Carillion that's a great, great example or a bad example I suppose yes. of, of there were warning signs there but then people kept on throwing business at a company that was clearly struggling and then they wondered why you know, the contracts they had there were then not delivered because they, they ran out of cash you know, there, there are lots of lessons out there of, of how where people haven't done it well uh, and you need to get that keep that open visibility use the technology, use the um, reports you can get to look at financial stability mm -hmm. and early warning signs. You just got to look for it and then have that dialogue with the supplier about what's really going on and what you can do about it.
So thank you, Duncan. Some really great insight there, tips, things, for, um, considerations for our members. Um, you can download the SIPS contract management guide on the um, sips.org forward slash contract management. On here, you'll also find a suite of resources, links to SIPS training, and you can access the SIPS contract management cycle as well. So please be sure to visit the website and make use of the resources available to you. Thank you.